This is Timeless Spirituality. Fellow time travelers, welcome back to Timeless Spirituality. I'm your host, Daniel, the past life regressionist, and this is episode number three, Tipping the Karmic Scales. Well, things don't always go according to plan, that I will say. Now, why am I bringing that up? Because this was not my intended episode that I wanted to release as a third episode. I wanted to save this one for episode number 10. At least that's where I had it in the schedule. However, I was having some technical issues with episode three today, and I had to post an episode. So I had to call an audible really quickly. And I picked this episode because I think that I was a little hesitant to put this one out, to be honest with you guys, because there are parts in it when the subject matter deviates from what we might consider to be conventional. And this is coming from a past life regressionist. So I thought it was the perfect time to release it because I had that hesitation. And I think it's a really fun episode too. So being part of this first batch, I thought it was perfect. So that's my my little thing for right now for episode number three. And I think you guys will see what I'm talking about. But this one was a lot of fun. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy episode number three, Tipping the Karmic Scales, with my guest, Tylan McKenzie. And one last thing, reptilians are mentioned throughout the duration of this recording. So if you're not familiar with reptilians, I would say to hold off on listening to this recording because admittedly, I am not very well versed in the whole reptilian thing. So I was just commenting from a place of my own observations. But with that said, I didn't really explain what reptilians are. So I would recommend holding off on this episode if you're unfamiliar with reptilians. Tylan, thank you so much for being here. I am so happy to be here with you today, Daniel. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Okay. So before we get to your super duper uber cool session, you want to tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I'm Tylin. I am a multifaceted healer, a massage therapist, a Reiki master, an astrologer. I recently became an Akashic Records reader, too, Ooh. so I've added that. I am a poet. I'm also a fellow podcaster. My podcast is called change for the zest and everyone should go listen to Daniel's episode because it's one of my personal favorites (laughs) and anything else you want to know about me (laughs) I feel like that's a lot (laughs) let's do your big three so I am an Aries sun a Sag moon and a Pisces rising cool that's the first time I've asked that question on here so thank you oh yeah I could talk about astrology all day and and nerd out about it (laughs) (laughs) I've really been loving my, I'm blending astrology readings with Reiki healing to send 
Reiki to difficult astrological, you know, placements and also heal and strengthen innate gifts in the natal chart. And that's been really fun to offer. Wait, what's that, Chiron? <laughs> <laughs> what's Chiron? that, Chiron conjunct Venus? <laughs> Chiron and opposing Saturn. <laughs> yeah, Chiron has definitely been an asteroid that I've been working really deeply with and unraveling my deepest wounds so I can be you know, a teacher and a guide. Cause I think where we're wounded the most is actually where we're meant to heal and be a teacher and a guide. So it's been really fun unraveling and working with Chiron a lot this past year. <laughs> yeah. It's a cool little rock out there. Brings a lot of joy to our lives. So much joy. I know that's what I do all day. I'm like literally in a Reiki trance doing my shamanic journeys and connecting with these cosmic forces and hearing the beautiful wisdom and guidance they have to share. And it's so fun. <laughs> so for anyone who wasn't picking up on my sarcasm was saying that it's such a joyful rock. <laughs> it, well, I think it brings joy in the long run, in the long term, because I believe still it's the totality of the experience of all lives. So mm -hmm. while it may be a rock that can put dents in our joy from time to time, or a lot of the time in moments in our current incarnation, I think it just provides such an opportunity for soul growth. Oh. So, oh yeah. So for anyone who's unfamiliar with Chiron, it's an asteroid that orbits between, was it Saturn, Saturn and Uranus? Uranus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's known as the wounded healer. So yeah, it looks like a key in your natal chart. Yes. Because it's like the key to unlocking all of the wounds or when yeah. you unlock the wounds or you overcome them, then it's the key to all. So I'm making a concerted effort right now to nurture my Chiron. Mm -hmm. Something I've been doing for a couple of years now. And a lot of that is why I'm here having this conversation right now is because my Chiron is in Gemini, conjunct Venus. Okay, since we're going there, I'm going to actually... Say, Tylen, if you can, you can probably give a much better explanation for that than I can, because you're just exponentially more gifted in astrology than I am. So for everyone to understand how this podcast ties into those placements and also opposing Saturn conjunct by Midheaven. So what does that mean to you? Let me pull up your chart, actually, Daniel. I think this is the fun part of being friends with astrologers. They're like, oh, let me just pull up your chart really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> So let's, so let's take a look here. You have Chiron, yes, conjunct Venus, and you've also got Black Moon Lilith in there in your fifth house of Gemini. So essentially this is in this lifetime, you are learning how to heal this wound of communication and expression and creativity and share your really share your love because Venus is here. So, and it's opposing, yes, your ruling planet because you're Aquarius rising. So it's opposing your Saturn retrograde. And you also have Juno and your MC in this 11th house. So essentially, yeah, it's like the more you share, it's creating a community around love and beauty and wisdom, deep philosophical wisdom, because you're 11th house is Sagittarius. So <laughs> cool. Well, thank you for that. And I think that even ties into the conversation we're about to have today, because for everyone listening, before I hit record, 
one of the things I was kind of bringing up was something that happened in your session mm -hmm. and how when I was on your podcast about a year ago, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't go there. <laughs> right? Because of the connotations that came along with it. Like I was fearful of going there. Mm -hmm. And here I am now a year later. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go there. Because yeah. I've made a concerted effort to overcome these fears of the expression around speaking, speaking about subjects such as these. And, and I think everyone will understand once we get there. But yeah, so that's why I feel astrology is just so helpful is because this was a big question mark to me before I started to learn astrology. I didn't understand why I felt the way that I felt. But once I saw it personified in my natal chart, like, okay, well, now I could do something about it. Mm -hmm. And as I've made this concerted effort to really go for it and to unlock that key or that lock with the key, I'm feeling more and more liberated every day. Mm, yes. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you're feeling that creative flow too, because this is your fifth house of creativity. So, and this is such a creative venture that you're on with the podcast. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's, I guess. That lays the foundation and groundwork for where we're going to go now. So without further ado, you want to recap your experience? Let's do it. I'm so excited. All right, go for it. So what came up for you? Before the session, you pull up my astrology chart and we just talk a little bit about my childhood, some life themes that are happening for me. We went really in depth even before the session started, which I really appreciated. And then I feel like I had a difficult time relaxing my body at first. I remember like you went into it and I was like, I need to turn some, some air on. So it's, <laughs> I'm not distracted. I find that it's such an art form learning how to completely relax the body, but it's so necessary to go fully in the trance and to experience the, your past life regression. So that's what I noticed. I'm like, all right, I just need to like fully let my body 100% relax and surrender to what's, what's going on here. And to be honest, I had no expectations going into the session because I've experienced, you know, a few of my past lives through my own shamanic journeys, through other healers with the Akashic records and it's so funny, like when similar past lives will come up and I just have no expectations doing anything in the spiritual realms because you never know what's going to come through. So it's just so important to be 100% open and receptive. So you guided me through, I met my highest self who was such a goddess in all white and you, you had me imagine this essentially my like paradise place. And it was this beach, this beautiful beach, but then also this forest area. So it was like the ocean and the forest at the same time. And I felt so much love and safety and harmony and peace and bliss. Just, I was literally like floating in the water just with my highest self. And then, <laughs> then we went into a past life that really shook me, <laughs> shook me a lot. So the first thing I remember feeling was explosion, this being on a planet and 
feeling like I was left alone, something bad had happened. And I looked down at my feet and they're massive and huge and black. (laughs) I mean, I'm so happy Daniel was there to guide me through this, uh, especially later on because that version of myself, you know, experienced pain and you were there to sort of help me remove the sensation. So essentially, uh, I am this really tall, sort of black bat-like reptilian looking being I'm seeing myself as, and the feeling I'm getting, I'm inside of his head and it feels very Virgoan to me. So like in this lifetime, like I said, I'm a Pisces rising and my seventh house is Virgo and I have no Virgo energy. So in this lifetime, I'm very messy. It's hard for me to organize, but in this body, this reptilian body, I could feel inside of his head and he was able to organize things. He could see the structure laid out. He was very like on point. And the feeling was I was selected. It was almost like there was no other choice, but for my energy to be selected for this, it felt very governmental. And I felt myself looking over, making sure that everyone had like the resources that they needed. And the feeling I got was that it wasn't fair. Something wasn't right. Something was being taken away or hidden from people. And I also remember very vividly that we like, we had these large stone tablets essentially, and they had these crystals on them. And it was almost like, that's how we would read. Like, it was like, we're reading a book through the crystal, the crystal like contained information and we could, we would just touch it and it would essentially like read out like a book, just the feeling of the crystal. And I remember the feeling of something isn't right here. And I think that that version of myself rebelled in some way. It was so overwhelming. I feel like I wasn't getting all of the information of what was really going on behind the scenes, like the monstrosities, but I felt the weight of it so heavy. I remember like bawling, crying in our session for the pain I was feeling for whatever my family in that lifetime was doing in the governmental system that I was a part of what they were doing. And I think I rebelled because I remember this pressure. It felt like someone was trying to rip my head off of my body. I remember saying to you, it's like magic. I don't know how they're doing this. I don't know how they're doing this. And you're like, it's okay. Like, you're not going to experience any pain, like go away from the pain, but it felt so real. Like it felt so vivid, this pain that I was experiencing. And then I remember you had me look in a mirror at this reptilian-like being. You had me look at myself in that way. And then you had me stand with this current body, with this lifetime that I'm in. You had me look at a mirror and it was so profound because it was this feeling of complete and total love for myself and my soul, no matter what I looked like. And 
from that session, actually, Daniel, I've done a lot of work around beauty and even in this lineage healing from my ancestors as women, the thing of if you're too beautiful, then you could be hurt. And I didn't realize like I was carrying that in my DNA, the like wanting to hide my beauty in a sense. Oh, and then also the feeling of internally, like, am I beautiful? That sort of thing was coming up a lot in that session. And I've since then really done a lot of healing work around loving myself regardless and knowing that it's safe to express the beauty that I do have in this lifetime. So that was so profound. And I remember just looking in the mirror and like loving myself. And then I think that lifetime was, oh, also another part of that. I remember the thing that would comfort me was these huge slabs of rock. (laughs) Like I would just put the rock all on my body. as a way to comfort myself. That was interesting. Am I missing anything from that life before I move on? A little bit, but I don't think we have to go there. What am I missing? Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, I could have circumvented that one, but I kind of just shot myself in the foot there. Yeah, we got to go there now. (laughs) I think there was a connection to earth. If I remember correctly. Yeah, it was that goes into the, it was, it was something I, I feel like I wasn't quite fully getting the, the real information around. There was like a block there. I think it, I would have, I don't think I had the capacity to hold in this lifetime, what was happening in that lifetime. Cause it was so painful. Like I remember just crying and crying, but I think that it had to, something had to do with like my family hurting humans I think there was something around we uh like the reptilians like needing the humans but the humans not needing us sort of an exchange thing I remember that it 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 felt like I was sort of shielded from that information Mm -hmm. well what I gathered from it was that it was something that was an enormous burden on your soul whatever had taken place in that lifetime and if I remember correctly, because I think I mentioned, it's been like a year since we've done this session. I believe a lot of the reason that I had you look at yourself simultaneously while looking at your current incarnation was to let go of what you'd carried over from that life in terms yeah. of the emotional toll that it had taken. Because I believe that there was a lot of guilt there. Yeah, it did. It mm-hmm. felt like that. Mm-hmm. It raged too against my family, like w- the wanting it to change, but not knowing how. Yeah. Right. It was like you were part of the system and you were playing a part, even though it was like, you didn't really want to, but you did because you were supposed to. I was forced to, it was a feeling like there's no other choice. It had to be me. Yeah. Right. And while we did not get a full picture of what was actually happening, what I was able to kind of extrapolate from it was whatever it was, it wasn't good for earth. Yeah. But here you are in this life doing good things. I mean, in your current incarnation. So it's like you're here to balance that out. Yeah. Now, whether that means you're going to be elevated to a position of great influence sometime later in this life, or it's the totality of all of your lives on earth to balance out, there's still that balancing act that's taken place. 
And I think that was what was most important to take away from it is it doesn't matter what you did then because you're doing the right thing now and you're helping a lot of people now. And so that's all that matters. Yeah, I think there there was so much pain and guilt because I think I couldn't change what was happening, even though I wanted to so badly. And then I was getting hurt from that rebellion. And it's really interesting, like in this lifetime to look back and see how my spirit and my soul is just naturally so rebellious if I don't think that it's right. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting. And it's good. It's good that you're standing up for what's right. You know, if you're okay with it right now, I'd say let's, let's lean into the reptilian angle a little bit. Yes. What's your feeling on reptilians? I, I believe that there's no right or wrong answer here because I don't think anyone really knows. So what's your feeling? I know well, that's a very broad question that I've asked. So whatever's coming up for you. I feel like there's a part of me that is a reptilian. It's so like I've seen it in this past life progression. And I think that there is a lot of dark history there. And again, it's so deep and heavy that I feel like I'm shielded from it, from knowing the truth, the truth of what's going on. But I've, I will say that I've connected to this part of my soul after our sessions through my shamanic journeys. And I feel like there are people with him. There are people, there are other reptilians that are backing him and that to rebel against whatever is is happening in this agenda. I know there's a lot of crazy conspiracy theories out there of like, you know, control and certain celebrities being reptilians. I'm not sure. Honestly, like anything is possible at this point, I believe. But I think it's so important to trust the wisdom of your heart and what your heart is telling you and to know how sovereign we are and how divine we are. And I keep that as my truth. And I know that no one is externally controlling me. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's well said. Yeah. I'm curious what you, what you think, what you have to say, because I remember you, you telling me that you've seen these tablets before with other sessions. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious if you've gotten any more insight than I could, because again, it just felt so heavy and dark and shielded. I mean, my feeling with it is I don't put much thought into it anymore. <laughs> and when I say anymore, I mean, reptilians were never really my jam, but I used to put a lot of thought into this aspect of control and that every part of our lives are being controlled. I mean, look, I think if anyone takes five minutes to really look a little bit deeper, that you can see that there is something going on here that's kind of fishy. But I don't think that every aspect of our reality is controlled. I don't yeah. believe that. Like the one that I've heard that really pisses me off <laughs> like, <laughs> is that the reptilians have grabbed control of, of re- or the cycle of reincarnation and that they're, they're trapping the souls as they try to escape earth and reincarnating again. I just, I think that is such a small minded oh. idea because that's basically in my opinion, saying that reincarnation is only like relegated to earth. And I I just, I think it is so 
yeah, just not the case. And I think that it's, look, is it possible? Sure. Sure, it's possible. But a lot of these ideas are also perpetuated as a way to take away personal responsibility and accountability and not having to look at your shadows because it's much easier to say, oh, the reptilians are controlling everything. I need to be focused on taking down the cabal and this and that and this and that. And if it's really about the exchange of energy and then feeding off of darkness, well, don't let them feed off your darkness then. Get rid of it. Yeah. And by ignoring it, you're not going to get rid of it. It's always going to be there. So punch them in the face by looking at your shadows. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like That's when things shifted for me. I can't do anything about that on a macro scale. All I can do is what I can do for myself on a micro, which is focus on me. And also when I was thinking about the control and all this and that, my God, I was in a state of flux of just like, it is what it is. And what am I going to scream about? And I made the decision, okay, I'm going to scream about past lives. Because if there is a cycle in play here or a circle of control, then beat them at their own game. Mm -hmm. Beat them at their own game. Get off the cycle by breaking your patterns. Yeah. It's like, that's what I decided. That's the contribution that I can make. Now, with all of that said, I have seen this many times in my clients' regressions. I see them pop up time and time again, and there's usually an underlying theme of control. And when I say time and time again, I mean, this is spanning thousands of years. Now, I don't know if they actually look like reptilians. I I don't know. I don't Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe they're humans with tails. I don't know. (laughs) But maybe they are walking around among us. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe they are our politicians and in Hollywood elites. I don't know, maybe, but I can't do anything about that. Yeah. All I can do is like in a situation like yours is help you break that cord. Yeah. Whatever attachment you had to that life that was no longer serving you. That's how I can help. Mm -hmm. And also to let you know after the fact, like it's okay. Yeah. Like it's okay. Just because you were that then, it doesn't mean that's who you are now. And just to reassure you that you're doing the right thing now, like that's, that's my feeling on it. But yeah, yeah, they, they pop up. Yeah. And to be honest, like I had not put any thought really into that conspiracy or I've never connected with reptilian beings before. I, I mean, I had, I had connected to like Lyran lioness beings before, but never anything like reptilian beings. So it wasn't in my field at all. So it was a genuine shock to me to see myself like that and to feel it so just being in his head and and seeing how he could feeling how he could just pinpoint everything and he just was so structured and it was intense honestly and I did feel such a clearing after after that after just crying and I felt so safe with you Daniel like you held such a nurturing safe space and I don't think I would have been able to go there if if you weren't that presence for me well thank you for that yeah my pleasure (laughs) so I'm really touched inside but my Aquarius rising doesn't know how to display that right now (laughs) but you know just also to, (laughs) to piggyback off what you were saying 
I've probably had half a dozen sessions since then where people were in basically, I don't want to say the exact same circumstance, but very similar circumstances to yours where they were feeling that pain and that feeling, oh my God, how can I be a part of this? I guess my point with that is I don't think the situation is black and white. Yeah. I don't think that they're all bad. I mean, overall, is there a darkness here? Yeah, I believe that there is. I believe that there's something that we can't see, something that is controlling certain levers, not all aspects of our lives, but that they're not all bad. There are members inside of whatever this may be that are feeling this burden. They're not just pure darkness. But I think still the beauty of it is that you and these others, you're you're coming back to dismantle that because with the work that you're doing, you're dismantling that in my opinion that control because once people break away from the fear that consumes us, then I believe that's what dismantles all of it. But that's Mm. just my take on it. Yeah. It's so true to be able to confront those fears and face them head on and dance with them, embrace them, accept them, see it as it is. It's so deeply healing and something that just continues to unravel. Healing is a process. It's a journey. It's not just one time and you're done healing. It's like we continue to go on this this journey and face those fears as they continue to come up. And I think my story with this reptilian being is not done yet because it's so interesting. Before the podcast, we were talking about how I feel like this came up so strongly because I feel like he is actually a parallel lifetime where my soul has split and is experiencing. I mean, maybe this is maybe my soul is experiencing another parallel lifetime. I just am not aware of it. But this one, I feel very, very real and vivid now since we've had our session. So (laughs) So when you say a parallel lifetime, are you referring to you're living in two bodies simultaneously right now? I think so. In a linear sense, which I believe is entirely possible. Yeah. Even though we saw the end of that life, we saw it in a linear sense, but I don't believe that time exists in a linear sense. Yeah. So even though, yeah, we saw the end of it, it doesn't mean that it's necessarily in our past. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it's entirely possible. Yeah. And if that's the case, that just is mind blowing. You're over there being a part of it, and then you're over here, like undoing all the work that you're doing over there. It's like really ultimate form of self sabotage, (laughs) just in a whole different lens. I think that, you know, he's getting more numbers on his side of pushing back against the whatever the main way of thinking is there that is against. I don't, I can't even comprehend it. I don't. Mm I'm not aware of it fully, but it's so the feeling, you know, and that's my gift. I'm clairsentient and clairvoyant. So I get really strong feelings with the imagery that I'm seeing. And it feels so real. Like I'm right there. You know, I'm glad you brought up the feeling component of it because I think for anyone listening right now who who's really into these topics, specifically with reptilians. I think the most important thing you pointed out there is that you couldn't really understand what was going on there. And I think that that's a trap that humanity falls into is this thought process that we have it all figured out. Yeah. Because in my opinion, I just don't think you could comprehend it because humanity is not capable 
of comprehending it. You're in a human body right now. So you're <laughs> operating with a human brain, which is completely incapable of comprehending what the motivations of this other species happens to be. Yeah. Because humanity just can't comprehend it, which is why I don't think it's necessarily black and white. And that's another thing with this control aspect of it. Do I think it's nefarious? Yes, I do. <laughs> with that said, I think that there are other, still other components to it that aren't being considered, which is the lessons that we're learning as souls because of the adversity that we're all facing collectively. These roadblocks that have been in our place or these levers of control that are placed upon us in creating the heaviness. Like when we're growing in one form or another, I mean, this is still, this is not me advocating on behalf of any of this nefarious behavior because I think it needs to stop. Control over any other sovereign being in one way or another is not right. It's just not mm -hmm. right. Look, and that parallels many things going on in our world right now, but I don't think it's all black and white. So still for anyone out there who's listening, if you think you have it all figured out, you don't. I'm sorry to say it. Yeah. You don't have it all figured out. So stop acting like you have it all figured out because that's what I see out there right now mm -hmm. is this, this puffing or puffing out of the chest of, I know exactly what's going on. No, you don't. Yeah. No, you or don't. Spreading yeah. fear too around like, oh, you need to get ready for this apocalypse situation or you know people channeling these oh the one that's happening next thursday it's you've heard about that too <laughs> yeah like wild to me i don't oh you mean the one from last week that didn't happen <laughs> yeah. that one yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry <laughs> but it's so true it's like you know we have to stay in our sovereignty and in our power and you know like let's go there if these reptilian beings are talking about right now, if they're real, who are we to say that other types of alien beings are real and exist out there and have other, maybe more beautiful and light agendas for humanity? Wait, right. I, I'm not going to argue that. <laughs> yeah. I think what's most important out of all this, though, at least in my opinion, is no one's going to save us. Yeah. So to be hyper focused on well if the reptilians are here then then the the lyrans or larens or the palladians or the syrians the you know gargantuans whatever it may be <laughs> like that they're gonna come and save us just worry about yourself like worry yeah. about yourself what you need to do do your laundry brush your teeth yeah we're <laughs> a, human right, we're right? <laughs> exactly just be a good person and grow as an individual, like, cause that's all you can do because the other stuff is, yeah, sure. It's fun to think about sometimes like in your session, the takeaway from it after the fact was the emotional component about it. Yes. It wasn't just, oh, this and that. And it, like you said, the tablets were really cool. Like we focus on that for all of 10 seconds afterwards, but it was the <laughs> emotional component that was most important. And I think that that's emblematic of what we should all be focusing on. Yeah, it did. It felt like such a huge weight had been lifted off of my heart. And it also helped me to see why I've incarnated with the family that I've incarnated into and to see like some of the tensions and the opposing belief systems and still have, you know, compassionate love for them um, because I can't change them. Like my body in that lifetime, I couldn't change 
the bigger scope of things. All I could do was just rebel in my own beliefs and stand true in that. Rock on. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. So what else came up for you in the session? Mm, well, at one point you had asked me if I had ever been a teacher for you in a lifetime. And I saw myself as a cute little water fairy and I was manipulating water in my hands and I was teaching you how to essentially communicate with water and like go down to the molecule and see it. I, I was seeing the water almost like vibrate because I was put pouring energy into it and speaking with the water and cleansing the water, like taking away like the dirt and things that you know, weren't good for us to, to drink. I was like purifying it with my hands and teaching that to you. And then you had asked if I, if you were ever a teacher to me and I saw the same lifetime where I was still the water fairy and you were an earth fairy and we had our ears to the earth and you were teaching me how to listen. Like, what does the earth have to say to us and how to like, it, it was this feeling of being comfortable and at home in the soil, in the dirt. It was so vivid and so cute. I, <laughs> I loved it, like feeling into the essence of an elemental being and what that was like. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for teaching me about water because as someone with six earth placements in my chart right now, could use a little more water. So. <laughs> yeah. And I <laughs> Like the reason why I had brought that up was because when I was talking with Tyler beforehand, even though I was in the position really of asking the questions, I was just thinking like, it doesn't feel like it's always been this way. Like, it just feels like there's this vast amount of wisdom sitting across from me that has been imparted on me by this individual. And just that feeling of, oh, maybe it's been this way before, maybe it's been reversed. And just like how we naturally settled into like a familiar banter. Yeah. Like it was, yeah, we were getting to know each other, but it was like seeing an old friend again. Yes, 100%. I felt that familiarity and that recognition. I've been reading this book on Amkara, a book of Celtic wisdom. And he talks about that in this book, that friendship is an act of ancient recognition. It's just two souls seeing each other across the span of lifetimes for the essence that they are. And there's no effort that needs to be put into it. It's just, it is what it is. It's a recognition. <laughs> there was just a story that came up for me right now. I think you may get a kick out of this. I don't think I told you about this. I'm pretty sure this happened after I last talked to you was I had a session with someone, someone who I'm going to have on the podcast. So this is, I guess, a little teaser for it. <laughs> which is in their questions one of the questions was you know why do I feel like I'm from elsewhere and when I see that I'm like okay this is an indication that, that because they probably are from elsewhere yeah <laughs> and what they'd seen in their session first was like uh where they were like a a visitor to like a gnome realm I guess you could say like they just saw a bunch of little gnomes and like, he, 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 he. <laughs> and I've heard gnomes describe very similar 
Lee or, or, or someone, my grammar's bad on that one. Sorry. Uh, by other clients. So I've heard go to realms similar to that. Yeah. This person was fine with that. You know, didn't raise any browsers. Okay, cool. Next, I go to the fairy realm and it's like, <laughs> yeah, it just seemed normal to them. And then they met aliens. <laughs> like, no, this can't be. This can't be. I don't believe this. I don't believe this. And when I brought them back, I said, so let me get this straight. You had no problems with gnomes or fairies. <laughs> second, that aliens come into the picture, you don't believe it. Yeah. Like, yeah, because this was right around the time of your session. And I just, I thought back to like the way that you described us in that realm and how I, I don't know if you mentioned it now, but how we were like very small. Yes. So mm-hmm. I just remember having that pop up in my head and, and just how ironic it was to me. This person just felt like, you know, how they had. And this was the potential answer to all of their questions. Yet they had no problem with the fairies and the gnomes. <laughs> so I thought it was funny. Maybe it didn't hit the spot the way I thought it would. I felt so at home there too. Like I, and even now, like I'm just so weird about nature. I'm just like hugging trees. And, you know, there are certain trees that are fairy trees. They have like a certain aura to them. That's a little more sparkly. And usually fairy trees have like a doorway inside of the tree. I don't know if you've seen these trees. You probably have, and you probably know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> I feel so at, at home in like the elemental body. So I love that, that that came up and it was my first time really getting to experience it so vividly because other healers have seen it for me. It's come up in multiple Akashic readings, but it was my first time like actually feeling and seeing, oh my goodness, I'm a water fairy. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know why, but for some reason I pictured myself to look like a mini Dracula or something like that. <laughs> Did I look anything like that or was I completely off? I don't think so, no. Or like a Muppet Dracula. I remember seeing though, it was more so like I saw half of your face because it was the imagery of us like having our ears to the earth. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Water. <laughs> And we had kind of like our skin was had like um like a glow to it. Uh, what's the right word? Almost like transparent, like sort of a glowiness to it. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was fun. <laughs> was there anything else that came up during the session that I'm forgetting? I can't remember what you'd asked, but I remember I was a smaller girl in, it felt like Greece and you handed me, you helped me, you handed me bread in that lifetime. How did I forget that one? Cause that's a story that I told. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That because it was like those connections Mm -hmm. where like I was like a baker dude or something. Yeah. Yeah. Who gave you bread. Yeah. And, and then think then we, met thousands of years later i mean we'll probably interspersed in there a couple times like yeah you know your guess is as good as mine and we probably have other lifetimes too that just it wasn't divinely aligned for it to come up in that moment so right 
Yeah, because that one in particular, I just I think that it really shows the depth of the tapestry. Yeah. Of how here we are sitting across from each other right now doing this podcast through electronic means. And then there was that time you know, thousands of years ago where you were a peasant girl or whatnot. And yeah. I was a baker who gave you bread. Yeah. And just how our roles change or yeah. where we were fairies and you were the water fairy and I was the earth one. And, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and just how the roles truly do change because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so i think that it's at least to me that's the reason why that was the one that you saw yeah was just to show the contrast of yeah. how you know just instill i think that goes hand in hand with whenever you meet someone whoever they may be whatever quote unquote position they may be in in this life whether they're higher on the totem pole or lower not that there really should be a hierarchy there but we do live in a society where that happens to be the case that you should just treat everyone with respect because you never know when you're going to cross paths with that person again, or mm-hmm. that the person who you're treating like garbage could have been your child in a past life. Mm, yeah. You know, the person you're berating who's behind the checkout counter, they could have been your best friend or they could have been your spouse mm-hmm. or they could be your spouse in a future incarnation. Yeah. I mean, not if you're going to treat them that way, probably not, or it's probably not going to be a very good marriage. I don't know. I'm <laughs> speculating. But <laughs> just treat everyone with kindness because you never know when you're going to encounter that little girl whose family needed bread. Yeah. That, that baker who, who showed some kindness and, and gave her the bread. You, ne- yeah. you never know. It's so true. We never, we never know. And so, it is so important that we do generate good karma for ourselves, right? Because every decision, every action we choose to make is generating karma in this present lifetime too. <laughs> so, Like if you're going to pee from a high rise, just make sure that there's no one beneath you. Because, I mean, not that I'm advocating for this kind of behavior, but like... You never know when it's going to happen to you in the future. <laughs> I probably could have thought of a better example. I don't know why that's what came to mind. But... <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, well. I get it, though. It's like you want to essentially be treated like the way that like you treat others, like you know, it's like a, an exchange of beautiful, good energy. And, you know, all of that comes back to doing your own self-work, right? Like we were talking about dancing with your own shadows, seeing your shadow tendencies, seeing your egoic structure and the way that it's operating and the way you're responding to the people around you. And it all comes back to the self. <laughs> yeah, that was a much better way to put it than my pissing analogy. <laughs> thank you for that yeah i got you (laughs) thank you for evening the field there i appreciate that cool well thank you so much for being here like this has been so much fun and yeah i'm just gonna call right now you're gonna come back for another episode we're gonna do this again yes oh i would love that we should have you back on my podcast too okay i'm in (laughs) cool well where can everyone find you 
So you can find me, uh, my website is rebuildsoultrust.com. I feel like that is my mission in this incarnation is to continue to build deeper and deeper trust with myself and then assist my fellow humans in the same process. So rebuildsoultrust.com. We also have a Patreon that's pretty new. We're building a zesty community. We call them our zest friends. <laughs> and Ooh. so every month, you know, our Patreon members get personal tarot guidance in an audio clip so they can go back to it throughout the month. We do live healing events. We're about to do one for this Virgo new moon that we have coming up. There's also my course, Awakening Divine Feminine Codes through the Asteroid Goddesses in the Patreon and meditations and all of that fun stuff. And then you can also find me on Instagram and TikTok at Tylen McKenzie. As you can see, she likes to pigeonhole herself. <laughs> Again, I'm being sarcastic right now. <laughs> I'm very multifaceted, right? right? Like all over the place. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on and just thank you for being you. And, and thank you for all you taught me in those past lives. And for all, I'm sure you will continue to teach me in this one. Like, I appreciate you having you in my life. I just, oh, I appreciate you. Same Daniel, same. I'm so grateful that we were able to reconnect and I truly do recognize you for the powerful being you are and the teacher you are to me as well. So thank you. Thank you. Satch Midheaven right there. Yes. Satch Midheaven. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you. Fellow time travelers, your journey through time awaits you. Just want to thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. And if you're interested in discovering who, when, and where you have been throughout time, and you'd like to book a session with me, just go ahead and send me a message on Instagram at the Past Life Regressionist, or you can reach me through my website, yourpastliferegressionist.com.